good evening. Welcome to Baron Beverage. I'm Jay Bittner, your host. I'm here, uh, lucky enough here this evening with, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, it's uh, Bob Ian Tosca. Ian Tosca. Ian Tosca, okay. As, as an opera singer, Tosca really rings out for me. Um, but uh, Ian Tosca, Bob Ian Tosca, he's is uh, an executive winemaker out at Gloria Ferrer. That's my current title. Current title. But I mean, uh, as he and I were chatting earlier this evening, I mean, he was one of the pioneers in uh, the whole Canero's value for uh, Canero's AVA for uh, bringing in clonal uh, Pinot Noirs and Chardonnays to the to the region. Is that correct? That's correct. And it's uh, it's really. It's really quite uh, an honor to be here chatting with him. And this evening, we've been having a, a wonderful pairing with many of the different wines. Um, and when I was chatting with him uh, a few minutes ago, he mentioned I had to try the Royal Cuvée, which is a vintage uh, sparkling from, correct? It's our 2007 Royal Cuvée. Right. And he said, I think this is the best value sparkling out there on the market. And I thought it would be nice to bend his ear and, and have him talk a little bit about why he feels that way. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it right now. You're enjoying it right now. Well, uh, we've got a 2007 vintage California sparkling wine. Right. Um, the blend on the wine is two-thirds Pinot Noir, one-third Chardonnay. Uh, so here we have a wine that's now getting on 10 years old. Right. And for California sparkling wine, it's very unusual. Um, the fact that this wine, you know, sells... Um, for less than $40 a bottle. Oh, yeah. I was talking to somebody tonight here in Maryland. They said they'd sell it for close to $30 a bottle. You, I mean, that's... You may be able to find it, in, you know, because... Because it's a discount, discount house, right? Depending yeah, upon where you're depends, at. It depends on the margin that somebody's working on and whatnot, but, you know, the, the price that we typically would expect to see the one is, like, between $35 and $40. Right. For a 10-year-old bottle... Bubbly, it's unbelievable value. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now, and it's uh, it's 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 frankly just better and better every time I taste it. Um, there's so much going on. The nose has beautiful like brioche notes, as well as um, as well as kind of uh, some. You know, like apple pear type notes, and that comes through on the palate some too. And I get like a little, little bit of caramelized sugar. Oh, totally! Like the like the top crust of a creme brulee. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's you know while the wine's not sweet, um, it, it's got this kind of lightness to it, and it's still you know, even as a ten year old bubbly, there's still this beautiful fruit there along with that. You know, the, the age qualities that you get, the kind of secondary tertiary qualities you get from aging first, you know, secondary qualities on the yeast in the bottle. Right. And, you know, we develop the, the yeastiness and some of the mature qualities. And once the wine has been riddled and disgorged, that's important. Right. It really accelerates the aging process. So now we're, you know, we don't have the wine under a, uh, you know, so much of a, a complete seal. So once the cork is in, we get more oxidation. So we're getting a little bit of oxidation back and forth through that cork. Even though you've got the pressure in the bottle. Right. And you think that all of the 
you know, CO2 would be trying to go out of the body. There's actually oxygen passing back and forth into that body. So slow maturation over a long period of time. And he developed this beautiful qualities and the roundness and the, the complexity of this one. And so, so like before they put, before they end up, you know, uh, when they do the disgorgement, prior to that, it's, it's got a bottle cap, so it's not getting that. Is that right? It's right. capped. And so then once you've done the disgorgement and then you put the cork in, that's when you get that ageability, the oxidation factor right. you were talking about. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. I mean, 2007 is a current release from, from you guys. And I don't think, I mean, like, there are plenty of people uh, who understand the value of vintage champagne because that has been the way of the world for you know, centuries, people of But being that new, you're a new world winemaker and been doing this now for 35 plus ish years. Um, you know, the, the history isn't there. And most of the sparkling winemakers that people, well, I mean, most people drink non-vintage. Uh, and that's just a common. So I agree with you. I mean, a vintage is usually all special because all the wines have to come from that year. Um, and, and the other thing is that in order to make wine that's going to age for this length of time. Correct. The grapes that we use have to be very special grapes. So the base wine that we use to make this is a very high quality base wine. So what is it? What is, what is, I mean, do you make? Do you make a vintage every year, or do you wait for that special? year where you're like, oh my gosh, this is... We're, we're fortunate where in California we have right. a, a very even climate as compared to a lot of places where people grow sparkling wine. So, you know, our issue is typically that we're making sure that we harvest the grapes at the right ripeness. So we don't want them to get overripe and we don't want them to harvest them underripe. Right. But we don't have an issue with getting them so consistently you're going to get a vintage each year. You just may not have a volume one year versus another year. And once in a while, you know, with the Royal Committee, we actually skipped the 2008 vintage. Okay. Because we really didn't feel that we had enough quality wine. We felt you know, if we took out enough of the really high quality base wines to make the Royal Cuvée, that it would have an adverse effect on our other portfolio. Other wines in the portfolio. Yeah. So we decided that you know for one year we'd skip it and and try to keep everything a little bit. Personally, I like to hear that because to me that speaks to a level of integrity from the winemaker. That speaks to somebody who wants to always have a high level, you know, product out there. Whether and so they're not willing to sacrifice one or the other just to make sure they have, a, you know, oh, we have the full array every year. So I, personally, as a as a wine enjoyer, you know, I I love to hear that it's not always that way. So I I, I really appreciate that. Well, and you know, we kind of do things, you know, a certain way, but we're also, you know, we'll change if the occasion comes. So, you know, we have our, we have our kind of recipes, you know, that we follow in a given year, but if it doesn't seem right, then we'll go back and take a look at it and do something.
Right. And, you know, we got all the highfalutin, you know, wine thing going on and right. whatnot. But it's really about farming. Right. So, you know, what, what we're assessing is, you know, primarily we're assessing the fruit as it's coming out of the vineyard and making judgments on what we have. Right. And then, you know, as we make the wine and the taste actually what we have, then we confirm that, you know, we move on from there. But you know, every year is different. And I think that one of the reasons why we've been able to be successful is that even in the difficult years, we really try to find a way to make the wine as good as we possibly can. And that's, you know, those, the difficult years, that's when, you know, I make my key Steve Urberg or whatever, right. you know, fellow who's taking over as winemaker now, you know, this is when you earn your keep. You earn your when keep it, in the lean years, so yeah, to speak. When, it's, when there's a challenge, I mean, that's when you can really make yourself stand out as a winemaker. Because it, you know, not every vintage is the best. True. And nor could it be. I mean, um... But but that 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 begs one one other question, which you know, nice to part about a podcast is there's really no time limit. But you know, you've been you've been making wine for, as we said, you know, uh, a while, um, over forty and, years. Over forty years, and you uh, you just mentioned there are challenging years, and say other years, like well. My, my, my background in opera singing, I've often said, you know, there's one or two days a year where, you know, you just feel like you've been touched by the hand of God, and it doesn't matter what, you can just sing, and it all sounds gorgeous. I'm sure you probably have had, hopefully you've had at least one vintage where you've been like, man, like, everything is coming out awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's those challenging years that you really get test your metal. Actually, this this past year was one of those years yeah. where we, we just... All of the people in the winemaking team, you know, and our vineyard guys as well as you know, the winery guys, are all sitting in these tastings, and we all agree that this year everything just kind of fell in place. 2016, you heard it here. It was great, and uh, you know, we had beautiful wines, and uh, just we didn't have the problems to deal with. Usually, there's issues that you know we have to deal with as a winemaker. This year. Hardly any. I mean, the, the wines we didn't have off odors or anything. The fermentations were finishing, not sticking. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes your yeast doesn't finish its job, right? And then you have to stay awake at night and worry. Um, so this year we didn't have to do that. So, so, so my question is: uh, in those you know forty-ish years of winemaking. What is one of your craziest winemaking stories? You know, like, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, in the vineyard you have, like, nobody calls you late at night, like a doctor, and says, you know, I've got an emergency or whatever. But what is, like, a crazy story that has happened? Something went completely the wrong way, or something went over and you had to fix it, or... Okay, this is an old story. This came from, you know, back... Back in the early days, we harvested all of our grapes into lug boxes. So basically like a 25, 30 pound plastic box. And then we loaded them onto pallets, and they got loaded onto a flatbed truck. And then, and this is a pretty precarious load, so it had to be tied down very well. Our growers hated it and really didn't want to 
me of the old story about the accident of ivory soap, you know? Uh, it's like you never know what uh, a new challenge is going to bring to someone's creative process and then the beauty that comes out of it. And here you had this challenge of the, the power, and so you got had to get creative, and the next thing you know, you had something even better than you intended. So, you, you lost me on the ivory soap. So, well, ivory soap was a complete mistake. Uh, they, when they made, uh, when they made ivory soap, they were working to just try and get a soap that was white. But they, what they, what the, the mistake was that it ends up floating and it ends up being buoyant, um, and it, and it ended up uh, having a higher ladder content. That was not what they were going for. They were just purely going for white, and so they ended up with all these other qualities that, that were desirable that worked. When all they were doing is trying to solve one thing, and they ended up with all these other things. And there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stories though about how it's really the challenges on meat. When you touched on this earlier, Bob, that you make your medal when you meet the challenges. Um, it's those challenges to one's creativity that really bring the the artist to bear. And, then, and in a way, I I believe that's what winemakers are. They are farmers, as you said, with artistry that they bring to that craft. So thank you so much. It's been a real You're pleasure. Welcome. Yep. Enjoy the rest of your enjoy the rest of your visit here in Maryland. I will. All yeah, right. Great. Thank you much. Thank you. Take care. Bob, that's great. Thank you so much.